I just want to write some words up. Um, as your Father, I thank you for what's given here. I thank you, Lord, that, uh, that we are and want to be more and more of a generous people, a people that are not hindered by anything and are full in you and are in the fullness of freedom in what and who you are. So, Father, I thank you. I pray you would just bless what's given. Multiply it like you did with the fish and the bread, that we continue to feed others and to see other people's physical and spiritual and emotional needs met by you in your name. Amen. All right, well, I'm just going to write these words here. Realized truth. Or said another way, truth realized. What I want to talk about this morning is Hebrews 11. And I'm just going to unpack Hebrews 1 and 2 today, 11, 1 and 2. Um, But over time, I'm going to go through the whole of Hebrews 11 and just rip it apart. Because there is so much contained in these passages that literally, you know, like, I don't know, for about the last three or four years, I felt pregnant every Sunday morning I come uh, with at least one baby. I feel like I've got quadruplets in me. Um, So they're going to just come pinging out and uh, get ready. Um, Paul said, you know, I'm in labor again until the Christ is formed in you. And I feel like this is what I'm at today. It's like I've got babies from Hebrews. So they're Hebrews babies ready to get released. So get ready to catch them as they come. Um, but truth realized or realized truth is the goal, isn't it? God covers us with his truth, but he wants his truth living in us. We can live our whole lives being covered by truth, but never live from the truth. You know that song we just sang, My Heart Beats. And it leads me into the way, your love leads me into the way, the truth, and the life. Who is the way? He is. Who is the truth? He is. Who is the life? He is. So truth must be realized. It must be known. It must be experienced. It must be something that's tangible, that is changing us. It's no good just sitting outside of us. It's no good just being and have an intellectual knowledge of truth without the truth ever being realized. Is that a fair statement? It's realized truth that sets you and I free. It's realized truth that changes a mindset that is anti-kingdom. So you think about that, the mindsets that you or may, you may or may not have, or the mindsets that are holding us back are anti-his kingdom way, aren't they? And as he comes, as truth comes, as Jesus comes, and he realizes, you realize who he is more and more, and you receive him, then the mindset that's negative, which is causing negative behavioral patterns, gets set free. And now you're able to behave in a way that is kingdom. You track him with that. But truth just intellectualized does nothing. Outside of puffing us up or lulling us into a false sense of security. So it must be truth realized. What I say and how I live are to coincide. They are to be integrated into one position. That is the power that sets you and I ablaze. You want to be set ablaze this morning? You want to be on fire for him. 
Do you want to have a fire burning in your spirit, soul, mind that you cannot contain? So truth realize. So Father, help us realize. Help us to find this position in you, you and us. That all we have to do is remain in the vine. And there will be an abundance of fire, life, passion produced in and through us. There'll be a love that's irresistible. There'll be a love that's intoxicating. There'll be a joy that's so inexpressible, Father, that will just burst forth out of us. There'll be a peace that is not of this earth. So, Father, as we look at Hebrews today, as we look at these men and women that found faith and they lived by it, in it, through it, Lord, they lived these lives of abundance. They were prepared to go to their physical deaths, be martyrs. They were prepared to stay in prison to have a better resurrection. Because they found this thing called faith. One of the top three attributes, pillars in the kingdom, faith, hope, and love. They found it in you, for you are faithful even when we are not. You are good even when we miss the mark continuously. You still lift us up in the hope, enduring all things, longing all things, that we would find this full position in you, that we would express it upon the earth and see your glory manifested through your vehicle, the church. So God, today, apprehend us, arrest us, grab us. May we feel the power of what's spoken. May we feel the life of what's to come out of you that would unanchor us from the earth and attach us into your kingdom realm that we would live here on the earth as not earthlings, but as kingdom citizens. And I ask this and declare this and prophesy this in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus, who makes all things new. And I pray, God, it would be revealed deep into our hearts and our minds today. For that is the purpose of your living word, is to change us from one measure to another measure and to renew us day by day by day. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to Hebrews 11. And I'm going to read this real fast because I'm going to read the whole thing over us. Hebrews 11, 1 verse 40. And I want you to listen for how many times the word faith is mentioned. And I want you to listen for the individual aspects of the verses because there are so many things happening. There are so many people mentioned. And there is a reality that's being declared through his living scriptures for you and I to be held by. Is that cool? Okay, so faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. For by it, faith, the men of old gained approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abraham offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, Though he is dead, he still speaks. (laughs) By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death. And he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his 
his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. Six, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance and went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise and as in a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was looking for a city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God." Verse 11, by faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, there was born even one man and him as good as dead as that as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. All these died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a great distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would have an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received them back as a type. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. Verse 22, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward." By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, as seeing him who is unseen. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so that he he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through dry land, and the Egyptians sorry, and, and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, 
Jepheth, of David, of Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection, and others were tortured, not accepting their release, so that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others experienced mockings and scourgings, and yes, also chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were put to death with the sword, they went about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, ill-treated. Men of whom the world was not worthy, wandering in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. Verse 39. And all these, having gained approval through their faith, did not receive what was promised, because God had provided something better for us, so that apart from us, they would not be made perfect. Now that is a mouthful, and I don't know where my drink's gone. Ah, Do you think that God is trying to get through something? Now here's a little test. How many times was the word faith mentioned? Oh, 27. Which version? <laughs> That's good. Well, from the NASB version, I counted 24. 24 times the word faith is brought up. By faith, in faith, through faith. What is faith? Because these men and these women live their whole lives by it. They lived by the reality of faith. Paul said, I no longer live. I tried that. It didn't work out too flash. The flesh. I no longer live in the flesh by faith in myself, but by faith in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's how I live my life while I'm here on the earth. And same, same for all these other people. Hence, they're called the people of faith. So what is faith? Well, the Bible tells you what faith is in Hebrews 11.1, 1, but what does it mean? What does that look like realized? What does faith look like known? What does it look like manifested in you and through you? Because we're to live from it. It is one of the three great pillars of the kingdom of God, faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love, but faith sits right beside it along with hope. So what is it? Oh, yeah, by faith. Is it something casual? Or is it something that grabs and stirs and doesn't let go of you? I don't know about you, but when I read here about people that gave up their release to get a better resurrection, had an option of getting released, and they go, no, we want to stay. We want to go through this process because it leads to a better resurrected life in the future. It talks about people that are not interested on this planet and are looking for a country of their own, which means that this planet was never their home. There are so many things we're going to unpack over the next few weeks, and I hope it comes and sets a fire on the inside of you. 
I hope it burns and burns and you can't sit down. And there's such a hunger that you've got to get with him and his living words and spend time and say, Father, I'm here to seek. Your word says, Jeremiah 33.3, it says, if I seek you, you're going to reveal what faith is in me, to me, through me, around me, and I'm going to become a glow torch. So today we're going to look at one and two. And there's so much in one and two. I'm losing my voice. Faith. Let's just read it out again. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Let's say this together. Hearing. Faith comes by hearing, doesn't it? Now, faith is the assurance. Say this with me. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. In my own words, I mean, what does that mean? How is that lived out? And I put these words, I felt God give me these words. Faith is the reality of the truth realized, known, and then acted upon in obedience to Christ. Faith is the reality of the truth realized, known. These people knew something They had a conviction. They had an absolute assurance of a reality that was, as we're going to look at, received it, and then in obedience to God, lived in accordance. Abraham knew God could raise his boy from the dead, yet he'd never seen it happen. It's not a well, well, maybe thing. He knows, the Bible says he knows that God is more than capable of raising him from the dead. So his action, his obedience to go kill your son was, yes, Lord. See, it's an absolute conviction of knowledge of something that's true, yes? When you have that, there's no fear, is there? Because when you know it's going to come through for you, there's no fear. It's only when you don't know whether it's going to come through for you that fear is present, yes? If you know that you're going to receive something... So Abraham knows. How do you get righteous by faith if you don't have a knowledge of something? What is this faith that makes all these people approved? Have you taken the time and asked yourself these questions? Hold on a minute. There was no blood sacrifice. So they're approved. Made right. Approval. Righteousness came through faith? I thought it was through blood. Never was in the game yet. Guys, what is this faith? Who's feeling the weight of this? The word says it created creation in verse 3. Yeah? So what's the purpose of the word? If it's going to create creation... And certainly the purpose of the word is to transform you and I. It's to bring life where there was not life, yeah? So we've got to be a community that goes after the word. Yes? Not the words. The word. Jesus said, you don't understand me because you can't hear my word. You've just listened to all the words that I've talked about, about being free. Got angry at me because you thought I was saying you're not free, which by the way, you're not free. Because you're the father of Abraham, but not the right side. 
He said, because you can't hear my word, my word that comes, that's sharper than a double-edged sword, that comes and penetrates and judges every thought and attitude of the heart and separates. For I have not come to bring peace among a family, but I came to bring a sword to chop it in the middle to see whose spirit and whose flesh and who's living in accordance to which one. Who is this Jesus that we follow, guys? He's incredible. And he says, live by faith in me. So faith is the reality, my version of just, or me unpacking what sits behind these words. It's the reality of truth realized, known, and then acted upon in obedience. We tracking so far? We all okay? Imagine it's like this. Who has a conviction of one of these? Who knows how to operate it? Who has one? Put your hand up if you have one of these. Pretty much everybody. So you have an absolute conviction that this is true, yes? Would that be fair enough? You've known why. Because you've held it, seen it, touched it, used it, used its applications, know it has life. You're tracking with me. Right. We're all going back 100 years. Okay? We're now back 100 years. Okay? You didn't bring your mobile phone with you. Now you've landed in the year, whatever it is, and you're trying to describe to people, I don't want to lose track, if I get down that track, you're trying to describe to people the cellular phone. You've got an absolute conviction and a knowledge of something that you know is true because you've been using it, talking on it, using its apps, and you're trying to convey this message to a whole lot of people that are looking at you going, what on earth are you talking about? But do you or do you not have an absolute conviction and a knowledge and assurance that this is true? Yes. Can you see the reality here of what I'm saying, talking about? There is a reality contained in these words, in his word, which is for us, that's yet to be a living conviction, but it's true. There is a reality of faith in him that's still to be discovered by the church on a whole that is true. That we do not yet know. And yet when people sometimes come want to talk to us about it, about it we go, whoa, whoa, I don't even, what's that? Because there's no reality for it yet. Because faith is realized, it's known, and then it acts upon what it knows. It moves towards what it has seen because faith sees the unseen realm. It has a conviction of the unseen, which is seen in God's kingdom. It's only unseen to those of the flesh. It's seen to those who are in the spirit. For I've given you eyes to see, ears to hear this time. The prophets laid down their lives that you would understand this time that I'm upon the earth. You see, it's to be seen. It's a conviction of things unseen. How do you have a conviction of something you can't see? Because you can see it. It's just not in the operating system of the world in which we all live. It's in the operating system of the kingdom of God, which is upon the earth because it's in my heart and my mind and it's coming through me. Are we tracking? This is huge, isn't it? This is not about going through religious tradition, learned by rote, feeling good about yourself or myself. This is about coming into the fullness of who you and I have been created to be. And the Bible says, and Paul says, I live this out by faith. 
I live this life on earth by the knowledge, the assurance of what I have in God and what I'm discovering. So it's never, you've never arrived, it's like I live from the knowledge I currently have, the truth I currently know, and I'm obedient to that. But that's not all, that's half of the equation. And the other half is to seek what I do not yet know and get a conviction of things that are unseen, but now I see them, so now I'm in this position. Yes? So you're constantly living from this knowledge not known. Knowledge not known. It's one eye on the earth and it's one eye set there and you receive from both. It's the most effective follower of Jesus Christ. So it's this thing called faith and man, it's just grabbing me. And so we have an absolute conviction of this. But some other people don't. And so you live in accordance to this, don't you? And they're living in accordance to not having a phone. I mean, phones, I don't think phones were even around 100 years, were they? I don't know. So they've got no concept. But where you can send now an email, they've got to run next door. You want some sugar, you just text the person. Hey, can I have some sugar? Don't want to waste time. Don't want to make sure they're not home. You know, don't want to make sure they haven't got any. So you text them. Where the other person, they've got to get out their front door, walk next door, knock on the door, wait. Oh, no one's home. See the outworking? You hear what I'm saying? So Elisha can see the armies on the hills that are his. His servant can't, can he? If you know the story about 2 Kings 6. So he can't see. So what it says, why are you afraid? Because he can't see. As soon as he opens his eyes, or God does, he sees. It's all good. They were in that position. He's seeing, he's not. One has fear, one has faith. Why? Because of what they could see. And God then, through Elijah, Elijah prays and the Bible says he opens the servant's eyes and now he can see. What was I worried about? He now has a conviction of something he didn't have two seconds ago. Now he lives different. Now he's living like Elisha. So faith is not something that's abstract. It's not something that I hope. It's not something, man, I've got to have faith in God that God's going to come through. That's trust. You've got to trust that in God's character and his nature to come through. Faith is a knowledge of substance, which you've received, which you live by. And it challenges us. Because I think for so long we've preached the opposite. Oh man, I just hope. No, no, it's an assurance of what you hope for. It's an absolute knowledge of something you've seen, received, has entered you, and now you live in accordance. And if there's anything out of today, I hope you get I hope you get it's there. What would cause you to lay your life down? Think about it. What would cause you to give your life for something that was just a hope and a whim? Early church gave their life because they had faith in Christ. It's the natural order of experiencing the fullness of God. It's innate. How do I give you my life? You're worthy to be given my life. What empowers that? Faith. Because I've got a knowledge of God. I've received the knowledge, not because I'm smarty, but because I'm not talking about me, although I have a knowledge of God, but because I've sought God. And the Holy Spirit's revealed this, which is what we've been looking at. It's the only way. 
So what does this mean again? Faith is the reality of the truth realized, known, and then acted upon in obedience to God. Faith is the reality of the truth realized. Whose truth again? Who? Whose truth? Jesus. All truth contained in Jesus, yeah? So knowing Jesus, once again, our purpose is the answer to life. Truly knowing Christ will birth a life of faith. More and more and more and more and more. It's untapped. It's unlimited. All these people lived their lives in obedience to Christ and what they knew to be his truth and his way. Come with me to James 2, 18. James 2, 18. I'll read this fairly quickly. James 2, verse 18. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by, what, by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God. And it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Dead. This is not talking about earning your salvation. This is talking about living a life by faith, and then God says, gives you things to do of the Spirit, which is the activation of that by faith that accomplishes a faith filled work. Please hear me, this has nothing to do with whether you are actually, you know, working your way to God. That's religion. Okay? We know that. You cannot earn your salvation. But what we are to do through faith, through our belief, not our, oh yeah, I believe in God. No, through the conviction, the deep-rooted belief in God, there are going to be things that God calls you to do in his name, works that are already prepared beforehand for you to do. So Abraham is tested, like we read about in Hebrews, to kill the son. And so he's made righteous through the faith that believes, that sees, that acts upon you tracking with me there? That's why he's saying, if you don't have any action, it's worthless. Here's the challenge. You can run around trying to do all this stuff, but there's not coming from the true life source. So those works are empty. So you can see you have to have faith and works. So the faith is the receiving. What we talked about, truth, realize it's known, and then it's because I then I act and I step out into the action Let me give you an example of that. That might help. 
I did not want to lead this community. <laughs> Up until 2006, I did not want to lead this community. I was called here to be here, but in my heart of hearts, I didn't want to lead it. I had my own plans. I was going to be planted out, and Anthony and I at the time were talking about America. I did not want to lead this place. There was nothing in me that wanted to lead it. I knew I was here for it for a time, but not to lead it. And I was creating, and Danny and I were talking, and talking about maybe going to America with Wayne Chaney and other bits over there. If you know Wayne, a black American guy. So those were the plans that were in my heart. And I remember waking up. I think it was 206 or 207. It was only a new year. It was either 205, 206, or 206, 207. And I had a seed in me that was going, no, that's not the way. I want you to lead my people here. Can I be really honest with you? I said, no. I said, I don't want it. I went, no, 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 no. I do not want to be here. No, that's not. I've seen, I've experienced some things here and I, you can, someone else can, I've got this, I'm sitting, I'm going here, I'm going to want to create the own culture, this and all that stuff. And he's like, well, you can carry on like that as much as you want, but I've just dropped something in you that you know is bigger than you. And you know now there is a desire. So I have a choice to make. Because you still have a choice. So I have this desire now to lead, but I'm gonna, am I going to actually step out into this faith because he's made it known. It's realized to me, his will for me. He's shown it to me, put it in me. Or am I going to go, no, nah, I still want to do my own thing. Because from the fleshly perspective, I knew this was going to be way more better for me than that. From a flesh perspective. Not from a spiritual one, from a flesh one. So I had to go to Anthony and I said, after about a week, <laughs> it took me a week, I went, you know those questions you've been asking me, whether I wanted to lead the rock? I said, the answer is now yes. He said, what's changed? He said, I know that I know that I know that I know that God has revealed it to me. I'm to do it. He was like, awesome. I was like, no, nah, it sucks. <laughs> and it has been the greatest blessing. Not because it's easy, because it's in him. But see, I had a known perspective. What about when I married Danielle? I knew. Why? Because God told me and he put it in me. Now, if you know our story, we broke up three times. It's not the greatest track record of oneness and looking like this is going to work out, especially when you go away to get engaged and you come back broken up. It's the most uncomfortable plane ride for three hours, and I would highly recommend you don't do it. By the grace of God, we were sitting on opposite side of the aisle, but right there, it was horrible. And you know, the only thing that kept me in this country was the fact that I knew, that I knew, that I knew, that I knew that God had spoken to me because I had faith. Not because I was clever, because he'd revealed it in me, to me, put it in me. And so then it was about this. And I remember in the shower, after swearing at him, 
and telling him everything I thought about him because it had gone wrong, because it wasn't just once, it was three times that I'm like, to and fro and to and fro, like, what's going on? Let you yes be yes and you no be no, what's that all about? <laughs> we had a whole lot of maybes, and, but there was stuff that Danny needed to go through that I needed to go through, but I'm hanging on to what I knew, and yet I let her go. And she'll tell you, I let her go. I said, that's it, it is finished. And if God wants to reignite it, he will. And I'm hanging on to this. Please hear what I'm saying. I'm hanging on to what I believe, but I'm no longer hanging around while he needs to work on your heart. It was gone. Gone. And I waited and I waited. Lucky for me, it wasn't that long. Three and a half months, phone call goes, things happen. And within like six months, we were married. And things have been incredible. Still not easy. But why did I take that step of events? Why didn't I bolt back to England? When my flesh is go, go hang out with your brother, you'll have a laugh, go back and see Liverpool play, just go back to that lifestyle, man, be all good. Something in me screaming, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. And that's what kept me anchored here. Funny how things work, because you're making choices from obedience to what you know. Not wishful thinking. Informed choices. You know what makes that real scary? It's when you choose not to. And you know. The Bible says that's a sin. Isn't it cool though God's the forgiver of sin? God's the God who gives us multiple opportunities to put it right. Still consequences for that disobedience. Let's not forget that. But his love covers. What about the bride of Christ? 2009. When he revealed by faith the bride of Christ to me. That shifted this whole community. We were going this way. And God went, now I'm going to this way. Why? Because of a known, realized reality that's contained in his words that the Holy Spirit revealed in me and showed me. Faith sees the unseen, receives it, and lives from it. There needs to be the demonstration of an outworking of obedience. Otherwise, it's not faith. It's the choices you have to make, though, because I remember God looking me in the mirror in my ensuite after he'd revealed all this stuff to me, and I was like, whoa, read the book. It's in the book. Everything's going to have to change. The way you lead, the way this place is structured, the way it's set up, things are going to have to change. And he's looking at me going, you told me you were never going to play church. You told me you were never going to do religious activity, didn't you? And I'm going, yep, not interested in it. He said, right, we're going to call you on that today. So I'm showing you all this stuff. What are you going to do with it? You know it's true. There's responsibility with the knowledge he gives. So if you don't want responsibility, don't ask. (laughs) Be careful what you ask for. When it comes, he's expecting you to do something with it. Much is given. I'm expecting much. It's two-way. It's weighty. It's powerful. It's not just this... uh, Flap around in heaven, it's weighty. There's a responsibility for every follower of Jesus to represent the king well. Ambassadors from another planet. 
if the ambassador from another country who was here from Thailand, I think, who did some silly things with a young girl, he misrepresented now his nation. His whole nation has been put up because of one silly decision that he did. Well, what's that like for the church? Look at the world and they look at us and they laugh. Those guys have no relevance for us. Why? When we are to be the ambassadors of heaven, living in a type of way, not living like the earth. Why? Because we're seeing things, living for another country that we've seen in the far, even though we're on this earth now. Because I have the realization, the reality of the truth that's in these words, in me, coming through me. It is changing me, for the word of God is changing me. It is the manna from above. This is who we are called to be, guys. It is massive. It is not little, it is huge. And he comes for the lowly. He comes for the humble of heart. Those that have let go and not trying to live for themselves, but will live for something far greater in a life worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. So when I see the bride of Christ six or seven years ago, I'm captivated, arrested. I'm like repenting my buns off, going, how we haven't seen this before. What is this? Show me the commandment. He opens up the great commandment. I'm, I'm so commission-driven. I'm tiring myself and everyone out. I'm so running around trying to help save the planet, realizing he never asked me to do that. Why? Because I've seen it by faith. And so gently and beautiful, he picks you up and he says, this is my way, son. I want to show you my heart, my ways, my, my being, my way of doing everything. He said, I didn't come to bring you stress. I came to bring you rest. You're running around trying to save the planet and you're stressed out like every other senior leader on the planet that I meet these days. Missing the great commandment and what sits behind the commandment which says, do you love me with all your heart before you ever try and do anything else, before you ever run off? I'll show you what this is all about. I'll show you what the relationship with me is all about. By my standard, it is love me all. So why would you ever try and fix anyone else when your heart is still half-heartedly divided? Why would you ever think you've got anything to offer when you haven't even loved me yet with all? Stop trying to fix everyone else and try and come with me and I'll fix you, Greg. Stop trying to motivate and mobilize these people that don't know me and come to me and sit at my feet. And I will give you living, living water, fresh manna from above. And it will change you from the inside out. And then go and share with them from a convictional place of mobile phones. Faith is the realization of Him. And then we live in accordance with the greatness of a love that I've never experienced in any human being but Him. Those are three examples. What about His love? The love that's the greatest. Really, really ask yourself, do I know His love? And if you don't, and if you're feeling really uncomfortable now, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to feel uncomfortable in him. It's a good thing. If Jesus walked in now and Paul walked down, man, we'd all be feeling really uncomfortable. The glory, the, the, the presence that set the church free, that would heal. Do you think that's this light thing that would heal and come and touch someone? That's got power. That's going to set everyone free. That thing's going to freak anyone out that's trying to live in their flesh. It's a good thing to be stirred by the truth. It's the purpose of the truth. Jesus said, I've come to separate. I've come to bring life, 
wholeness, healing, restoration. That is something of power, isn't it? That is a powerful living source. It's the sun from heaven. You better believe you're going to be scared off your pants and should be. We should be living on edge while you live at rest. Can you hear what I'm saying? We should never be casual, apathetic. That is the world. That doesn't exist in Christendom. We should be at rest but on edge. We should be like, whoa, man, what next have you got? Christianity's boring. You raise the dead, boring. We've been invited to partake of something so incredible by faith. And faith sees. And it receives. And it captures. And then it lives in accordance to what it has seen, received, and captured. And it demonstrates it. Death to life. Old man to new man. Old way, new way. Outer court, holy of holies. And you stand there going, I know I'm doing none of this, yet it's coming through me and being formed in me. This is what a branch looks like. There's the vine, wrapped in the vine. Just come here, Danny. Just come here. Imagine Danny's Jesus. This is, what the, this is what it looks like. I'm connected, intertwined, going nowhere. And the life that's in her is coming through me. And all I've got to do is stay right here. I don't have to run around. I don't have to exert stuff, my own stress, my own... I've just got to stay connected. Why? Because when I turn and see, I see him. I see by faith how good he is, who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, what he's going to do. And I'm a recipient of a life that's his. Just come here to Hebrews 11. I just want to read this one passage over us. And Hebrews 11, 13. We'll save two for next week. Hebrews eleven thirteen. All these, meaning these people that are mentioned, and there are more to come because they couldn't fill them all out, remember, died in faith without receiving the promises, but having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear <coughs> that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, which is of the earth, they would have had the opportunity to return. See, the Israelites, they came out of Egypt, but they were constantly trying to get back to Egypt. Why? When life was sucky in Egypt. They were being whipped, abused, beaten. Why would you want to go back to that 
when there is a promised land that awaits. Because you can't see the promised land. You can see that. And you know that well. And the fear of the unknown makes you go back to what was sick. And this is where you've got to trust when you don't have faith to see. But there was a man that saw. There were men that saw. Their names were Moses, Joshua, Aaron. And they were calling the church to the promised land. Because God had shown them. See what happens when the gap, when you don't have faith, you need to trust. And at times you need to trust in, well, you need to trust in God and the God that's in man or woman. That can be hard, eh? When you've got no conviction, no mobile phone of what they're talking about. They're talking about mobile phones and you're still living in the ark ages where they don't even have phones yet. And they're saying, you're going to trust. You're going to trust the voice? Can you hear the voice? Can you hear the Christ? Are you going to trust in you? You're going to make it about you and what you think. And the kicker is the ability to demonstrate the life. That's what you'd be looking for if you were going to trust in. Do I see the life? Do I see this life? Do I see it manifested? And so here are these people. In faith, they all died in the substance of a knowledge without receiving the promises. Let's stop. Did not Abraham receive his son? Yes. Did he not receive the land that he was going to? Yes. So what promises are we talking about that they didn't receive? But they saw them and welcomed them from afar. The eternal promises for the church. The eternal promises for you and I. Promises that still remain in the future that are to be known, realized today. Because today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to know your future as the church now, not in eternity now. For I have given you the Holy Spirit to see and to hear what is contained in me. And there are things, not in persuasive words, but in words of the Spirit that I come, Paul said, and teach you and preach to you and talk to you about you that are for you. You see, Abraham's looking for a city. You guys looking for a city? You looking for a city built by the hand of God? I hope so, because it's for us. Because it says in verse 40 that these guys, they're waiting for us to come in. Greg read out before this crowd of witnesses. Who do you think they are and what are they cheering us on for? See, when you link it all together, they're cheering us on because they're waiting for you and I to get our act together. Because they can't receive their fullness until the church, the sons of God, come in. There's actually selfish motive behind why they're cheering us on. You're allowed to be selfish in this case. They're going, come on, come on. We ran our well by faith and so they cheer us on they call us on from heaven we've got angels that come to minister for us to make us get to where we need to be through the choices of obedience obedience unlocks everything motivated by love and activated by faith but disobedience keeps you small puny and worrying about you that is not the life Jesus came to bring I hope this is stirring you If it's not stirring you, then I'm not preaching the word. If this is nice and easy and everyone's going, man, this is lovely, that ain't the word. The word comes and it cuts and it brings life. But I guarantee you what? It brings life to those who receive it, hear it, and allow it to come into them. Strong pillars. 
And it just goes on. Seeing them and welcome them from a distance, having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own, a heavenly one. Here's the challenge. Are you more familiar with earth or the kingdom? Are you more familiar with earth or heaven? Let's be honest, we're probably more familiar with earth, aren't we? We know its ways, how it operates, but Jesus was the man from heaven living on earth, and he said, I'm going to give you my spirit of sonship so you can live like me. And you can know my father's business, and you can live from a kingdom on earth reality. See, we've literally limited thy kingdom come, thy will be done to healing. And that is one of the kingdom attributes, but it is not all. God wants his mindset and his heart in the church, living from there, knowing his ways, understanding his ways, living in rest, living in peace, living in joy, living, doing faith-filled works in complete rest and faithfulness to God to see his kingdom and his glory manifested upon the earth. Yes? So we have to look at what we're doing as a church and go, am I in all that stuff or am I running around and do I have much fruit for what I'm doing? And see, these guys got it. Why? Because they saw it. And it is him. Faith sees. to finish with this. <laughs> Therefore we do not lose heart, but thou, our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not Seen, For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. As our inner man is being renewed day by day, our ability to see the eternal, the unseen reality, just keeps enhancing and enhancing, which enables us to live from this position. Momentary light affliction. Five times he was whipped, 39 times. Shipwrecked, stoned to death, walked away from, lied about, told he was a manipulator and a deceiver. Momentary light affliction compared to what I'm seeing and receiving. And I welcome. And live in obedience, in accordance to what I've now seen, Paul said. And I walk it out. And then Paul says this, and this is my next book. Imitate me. (laughs) There's your call. Imitate him. That those words could be your words. And we won't go through probably an eighth of what that man went through. 
So it really puts things into perspective, doesn't it? We think about the issues, the things that we worry about, the things that concern us, the things that hold us back, our insecurities, our jealousies, will I be like, will I not be like, all those things. And yet there is this over here where a man can actually be treated like absolute rubbish and still go for momentary light affliction compared to what I'm seeing and comparing my life to the glory that is in Christ and is in me. For I pray that they would be one as we are one, Father. You and me, them and us. What an invitation. So Father, I pray and I ask Holy Spirit to reveal the word today. I ask you, and I know you've been revealing it, but I pray you continue to reveal this word. That faith is the absolute assurance of what we hope for and the conviction of things unseen. For by it, Lord, the men of, the men of old gain their approval. They were made right in your sight through what they saw and lived out. And so, God, I pray that we would be activated and arrested and apprehended by the fullness and the weightiness of who you are and you are truth. So lead us into fullness of you, Father. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.